good, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tony, your host, Tony. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back at it again. Episode 11. Uh, October is coming into an, to an end. Could you believe that, you guys? It's crazy. I'm very excited, uh, especially for the holidays. I, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but I am so ready for it to be cold. Like... <laughs> Nah, man, this summer just wasn't it. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm used to the heat. I don't mind the heat, but this year it was just something else. I am so definitely ready for the cold. But uh, yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys are doing very, very well. I hope you guys are in prep for your Halloween costume. Hope you find yourself, uh, warm. Hope you find yourself dry in the cool. Calm, collected manner, surrounded by the things you love and whatnot. Yeah. Anyways, um, today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be reviewing the fourth installment in the Terminator franchise. We're going to be reviewing Terminator Salvation. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the one movie that didn't have Arnold and just kind of really just threw the franchise even more, of course. If it was... Standalone, it does great, but if you put it into retrospect, it's a really horrible sequel that just really, that just didn't really need to be, it didn't deserve to be made in the first place, you know, it wasn't really a necessity, but, <clears throat> you know, Hollywood and their need to, you know, continue franchises, I guess, so, you know, here we are, but yeah, no, uh, that's today's topic, ladies and gents, and before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick minute and thank you guys all so much for the support. It means a lot, really. So keep it up. Spread the word. Sorry. And most of all, follow us on whatever platform you may be listening to this on, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it is. Please hit the follow button on that. Also, you know, please feel free to follow us on our Instagram at timeout underscore with underscore Tony Podcast. Um... New episodes every Wednesdays and Saturdays. All right, folks, let's just uh, let's just jump straight into the review. Without further ado, ladies and gents, sit back, relax, and crack open a beer, soda, and/or water, and enjoy, folks, because this is Terminator Salvation. So, for those of you that do not know, Terminator Salvation is a 2009 military science action film directed by Mick G and written by John Barncanto and Michael Ferris. It's the fourth installment of the Terminator franchise and serves as a sequel to 2003's Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. It's the first and only Terminator film to date not to feature Arnold Schwarzenegger, though his likeness briefly does appear digitally. Instead, the film stars Christian Bale, Sam Worthington, Anton Yelchin, uh, Yelchin, Moon Goldblood, Bryce Dallas Howard, Common, Michael Ironside, and Helena Bonham Carter in supporting roles. In a departure from the previous installments, Salvation takes place in the post-apocalyptic uh, world set in the year 2018. <laughs> 
The, uh, the movie focuses on the war between Skynet's machine network and humanity as the remnants of the world's militaries have united to form the resistance to fight against Skynet. Bale portrays a now-aged and fully-grown John Connor. And alongside him, we got Sam Worthington as a cyborg by the name of Marcus Wright. Anton Yelchin makes an appearance as a young Kyle Reese, a character that was first introduced in 1984's The Terminator. The film also depicts the origins of the T-800 Terminator as well. <clears throat> After a troubled pre-production with the Halcon Company, acquiring the rides from Andrew G. Vajna and Mario Kassar, and several writers working on the screenplay, filming for the movie began in May of 2008 in New Mexico and run for 77 days. Terminator Salvation was released on May 21st, 2009 by Warner Bros. Pictures in North America and by Columbia Pictures internationally. The film would go on to gross over $371 million worldwide and the film did receive uh, mixed reviews. Salvation was intended to be the first installment of a second Terminator trilogy. However, these plans were obviously canceled after the Helcon company filed for bankruptcy that same year the movie was released. The franchise rights were then sold in 2012 to Anna, uh, Anna Pictures, resulting in Terminator Genesis, a reboot of the series being released in 2015 with Schwarzenegger returning. And it was just garbage. Anyways, uh, yeah, that was that. So, let's take a look at 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 at, at the movie. Okay, so <clears throat> Terminator Salvation opens up in the year two thousand three, oh, the year I was born, where Doctor Serena Kogan of Cyberdyne Systems convinces death row inmate Marcus Wright to sign over his body for medical research following his edu- uh, his execution. Sometime after this, the automatic. Uh, well, I mean, not, you know, like minutes after, but, you know, months, days, weeks, maybe. Sometime after this, the automatic Skynet system is activated and eventually becomes self-aware. Perceiving humans as a threat to its existence, it starts the nuclear holocaust to eradicate them in the event that will be known as Judgment Day. Flash forward 15 years. It's now 2018 and John Connor orchestrates an attack on a Skynet base where he discovers prisoners and schematics in a laboratory for incorporating living tissue to a new type of Terminator, which he recognizes as the T-800 model from his childhood. John survives an explosion on the base, which is then destroyed. And after his departure, Marcus, a the guy who we saw earlier merges from the base's wreckage and begins walking towards L.A., which is now in ruins, obviously. John returns to the Resistance headquarters, which is located abroad a nuclear submarine and is briefed by General Ashdown that the... Sorry, that the Resistance has discovered a hidden signal containing a code protocol that they believe can initiate a shutdown of Skynet's machines. The Resistance plans to launch an offensive against Skynet's headquarters in San Francisco, it is decided among the resistance that the offense will commence in four days due to an intercepted kill list that was created by Skynet, which plans to kill the resistance leaders within the same time frame. John learns that he is second on the list, following a unknown Kyle Reese. The resistance leaders do not understand Kyle's importance, but John knows that Kyle will eventually travel back in time and become his father and realizes that Skynet has learned of this fact as well. Whoa! Arriving in the ruins of L.A., Marcus encounters Kyle and a mute child by the name of Star during a skirmish, sorry, skirmish with Skynet's machine. 
Kyle and Star are subsequently abducted and taken prisoner by Skynet. Two Resistance A-10 airplanes are then shot down while trying to intercept a machine transport. Marcus locates down pilot Blair Williams and they make their way to John's base where Marcus is wounded by a magnetic landmine. Attempted to save his life, the Resistance fighters discover that Marcus is actually a cyborg with a cybernetic endoskeleton and partially uh, artificial cerebral cortex. Although Marcus insists that he is human, John and his wife, Kate Brewster, suspect that Marcus has been sent to execute them. He then orders him to be killed. Blair helps Marcus escape, and during the pursuit, um, Marcus saves John's life from Skynet's hydro, Sky, uh, two of Skynet's hydrobots, and they make a bargain. Marcus enters Skynet's headquarters in San Francisco to help John rescue Kyle and the other prisoners if he lets him live. John pleads with General Ashdown's delay to the offensive so he can formulate a plan to uh, extract the human captives. Ashdown, however, refuses and relieves John of his command. However, the Resistant disobeys Ashdown's orders and instead awaits John's signal. Marcus enters a base, interface with a computer, and disables perimeter uh, defenses so that John can release the prisoners. Marcus then learns from Skynet, which assumes the form of Dr. Kogan on a screen, that he was resurrected by it in order to lure John to the base where the Resistance launches its attack Sorry, and when the Resistance launches its attack, John will be killed, achieving Skynet's goal. The hidden signal that the Resistance received earlier is revealed to be a ruse, and Skynet uses it to track down and destroy the Resistance command submarine. Refusing to accept his fate, Marcus tears out the hardware, linking him to Skynet and leads to a John. John locates Kyle and Star, but then gets ambushed by a T-800 Terminator. As Kyle and Star escape, Marcus appears and fights the T-800 while John rigs together nuclear fuel cells that destroy the fuel, uh, destroy the facility. Marcus is outclassed in strength and is temporarily disabled until John comes to his aid, after which John then gets stabbed through the chest by the T-800 from behind. Marcus destroys the T-800 by tearing its head off. Him, John, Kyle, and Star are airlifted out. John detonates the explosives by destroying uh, destroying a stockpile of Skynet's we uh, weapons, including the T-800s with the base. At a field hospital, John's injury is deemed terminal. And in, in, a, in, a, in a heroic call, Marcus offers his heart for the transplant, sacrifices himself to save John. As he recovers, John radios to the other resistance that although the battle has been won, the war is far from over. Anyways, yeah, that's Terminator Salvation, ladies and gents. Woo! That was quite a story. Alright, so, the rating. Quick, quick, quick. On a scale of 1 to 10, I've got to give Terminator Salvation a... Shocking as, um... <laughs> shocking as it may be, I have to give Terminator Salvation a 7 out of 10. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a 7 out of 10, and here's why. Why are you giving this a higher score than the third one? Well, it's, 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 um, it's, um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but, um, I really like the direction they took, all right? 
I there, I said it, alright? Set in the post-apocalyptic future. Um, instead of, you know, all that time travel bumble jumbo, I it was a it was a it's a good take, dude. It's it's different than what all the other guys, all the other directors did um back in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. Nope. So um yeah, it's this this take. It's original and I really liked it. I gotta tell you, I really like that the idea to include, um, you know, the resistance and, you know, the, the, the idea to, you know, fight against, um, fight against the resistance and, you know, just basically set the whole movie in the post-apocalyptic future was just downright amazing. I really like that take. It's original. It, it was, it was, it was very original at the time. Nowadays, if you bring it up, it's like, shut the fuck up. But, you know, back then it was it, it was original. You know, it sounded it sounded very original. And I, I don't know. I just they had they had good intentions. The director had good intentions and whatnot. They just locked lacked the bad they lacked the direction, bro. Like it's it's difficult to explain, but um, you know, it's it, it it just needed better direction, and it needed Arnold. That that's another thing too. Another reason why I give it not I don't give I wouldn't you know give it a high rating would be because it just didn't have Arnold, and you can't just get you can't. I know you know people would be like you can't just you know uh deduct points off a movie you know just because it doesn't have a certain actor. Yes, yes you can. All right. Um, I'm pretty sure to a certain extent, I think I deducted Tokyo Jr. for not having Vin Diesel or Paul Walker. I will deduct this movie for not having Arnold in it because there's just, you just don't do certain things without certain people. All right, people. And I get, you know, at the time he was governor of California and whatnot, but I mean, these people seriously couldn't wait for his term to finish. Like shit. You feel me? But then again, what do I know? Uh, yeah. So... Another thing I also didn't really like was, you know, the need to include, um, just, uh, just the need to include Christian Bale. <laughs> I don't see why they didn't bring back, um, you know, Edward Furlong or Nick Stahl from the previous uh, movies. I really just didn't. Just don't get it. Why keep changing actors, you know? Like, they see the movie labeled Terminator, and you got a character called John Connor, you know? But you can't just recast him, give him a different face, and hope you still rack the same amount of money at the box office. Like, shit. That, again, that's just... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, Yeah, no. Anyways... So, yeah, like, it, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was very, very annoying to, uh, like, especially when it came to the whole plot point of the whole, no, oh, we're not gonna save the, bro, like, you're all you people got, like, why wouldn't you guys save the humans, like? I'm going off. I'm going off on a rant, and it's not very necessary. Anyways, so what was I doing? What was I? What was I? What was I doing? What was I saying? So yeah, no, a seven out of ten. 
I really do like the idea that they chose to, you know, discuss the origins of the T-800. Um, yeah. That's all I have to say about that. I have, I feel like I have more to say, but, you know, there just really isn't, there just isn't much to the movie, you know? Like, it was, um, and that's another thing about it, too, you know? There just isn't much to it. It's just two hours of fighting. Like, um... Guy comes back from the dead, sees that he's a robot, and all you get is like two hours of fighting. Like, that's basically what the movie kind of is at a to this, at this point. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Let me know what you guys think. Other than that, let's take a look at the development to Terminator Salvation. So, take a trip to the year 1999. Two years after C2 Pictures purchased the rights to the two Terminator films, uh, sorry, when they purchased the rights to the Terminator franchise, two Terminator film premises had been mapped out and they were supposed to be developed simultaneously. Teddy Serafian was hired to write Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines and he eventually received share story credit while David C. Wilson was set to write this untitled Terminator 4 film. Before any revisions were done, Terminator 3 initially took place in 2001 and revolved around the first attacks between Skynet and humans. Terminator 4 would follow immediately afterward and centered primarily on the war briefly seen in the first two films. Warner Bros. then gave the file codename, sorry, then gave the film the codename Project Angel. After the release of Terminator 3 in 2003, producers Andrew G. Vagina and Mario Kassar contacted Sorry, contracted Nick Stahl and Claire Danes to return as John Connor and Kate Brewster, respectively. Director Jonathan Mostow hired, developed, uh, sorry, helped develop the script, written by John Mancanto uh, and Michael Ferris. And the film, uh, the movie was begin was set to begin production in 2005 after completing another film. It was known by then that Schwarzenegger's role would be limited as he had assumed the office of go of Governor of California. The producers sought to have Warner Bros. finance the picture as they did for Terminator 3. In 2005, Stahl said John and Kate would be recast as the, uh, as the story jumped forward in time. By 2006, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, a successor to Orion Pictures and, owner, sorry, and current owners of the Hemdale Film Corporation Library, distributor and producer of the original film, respectively, was set to distribute the film as part of the new CEO, Harry Sloan's scheme to make the studio a viable Hollywood player. In May of 2007, it was announced that the production rights to the Terminator series had been passed from the feuding of uh, Vaginal and Kassar to the Hakon, uh, to the, sorry, Hulk, Hulk Sion? I don't even know how to pronounce it, company. The producers hoped to start a new trilogy, and the purchase was financed with a loan by uh, Pacifier a hedge fund from Santa, uh, Santa Monica. By July 19, 2007, the project was, into legal, was in legal limbo due to a lawsuit between MGM and a Hakon subsidiary called T-Acid. MGM then had an exclusive, windows, sorry, exclusive window of 30 days to negotiate for distribution of the Terminator films. While negotiating for Terminator 4, Hakon rejected to their initial proposal and MGM suspended negotiations. After them to a um, after the 30 days were over, MGM claimed that, that the period during which negotiations were suspended did not count as their exclusive period was still open. Helcon asked a court for an injunction allowing them to approach other distributors. 
Later, the lawsuit was settled and MGA got sorry MGM got a 30-day right of refuse of first refusal to finance and distribute the fifth Terminator film, which is weird. I mean, these guys are already planning fifth, sixth. It's crazy. Finally, Warner Bros. paid $60 million to acquire the U.S. distribution rights of Terminator Salvation. Sony Pictures also paid just over $100 million to acquire the film's distribution rights in all international territories. Alright, cool. Director McGee signed on to direct the first two films as they were among... Sorry, signed on to direct as the first two films were among his favorites. He even cast Robert Patrick in one of his previous films. Though he was initially unsure about, quote, flogging a dead horse, quote, he felt the post-apocalyptic setting allowed the film to be different enough so as not to just to be just an inferior sequel. The idea that events uh, in Terminator 2, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and Terminator 3, Rise of the Machine alter the future allowed them to be flexible with the presentation of the futuristic world. McGee then met with series co-creator James Cameron, and although he neither blessed nor uh, denigrated the project, Cameron told the new director that he faced a somewhat of a similar challenge when following Ridley Scott's Aliens with, Alien with Aliens. He maintained two elements of the previous films, that John is an outsider to the authorities, and someone of the future importance is being protected, and in this film, it's Cowries. The first full screenplay for the film was written by Terminator 3 writers John Brancanto and Michael Ferris, who received full screenplay credit. Paul Haggis rewrote Brancanto and Ferris' script, and Sean Ryan made another revision three weeks before filming. Jonathan Nolan also wrote on set, which led McGee to say, quote, I would have to characterize Jonah as the lead writer of the film, end quote. In response to whether or not Nolan would receive writing credit for his contribution, McGee went on to say, quote, I don't know how the WGA rules work, but honest to goodness, we did the heaviest lifting with response to whether or not Nolan, sorry, we did the heaviest lifting with Jonah, end quote. Nolan contributed to the film after uh, actor Christian Bale signed on and created Connor's arc of becoming a leader. Unfortunately, due to the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike, Nolan had to abruptly leave the project due to another commitment. Anthony E. Zokair contributed to the script as well, so extensive were the rewrites that Alan Dean Foster decided to rewrite the entire novelization after submitting it to his publisher because the compiled shooting script was very different from the one he was given beforehand. In the early uh, script drafts, John was a secondary character, and producer James Middleton explained, quote, Ben-Hur was influenced by Jesus Christ, but it was his story. Much in that way, the new main character will be influenced by John Connor, end quote. The original ending was to have John killed and his image kept alive by the resistance by grafting his skin onto Marcus's cybernetic body. Marcus would have then murdered Kate, Barnes, Kyle, and Star. However, after the ending was leaked on the internet, Warner Bros. decided to completely change the entire third act of the film. McGee and Nolan did continue the Christ element of characters, uh, John's character though. In which he was, in which he has some followers who believe what he knows about Skynet and others do not. McGee described the film's theme as quote, "Where you draw the line between machine and humans." End quote. The friendship between Marcus, who was executed for murder when humanly, when humanity still ruled the world, and Kyle Reese illustrates how war and suffering can bring out the best in people, such as when they work together to survive during the Blitz. 
The title was derived from the second chance given to humanity and to Marcus, in addition to John's efforts to save humanity from the machines. The film's original title was to be Terminator Salvation, The Future Begins, but was dropped during filming. Throughout writing, the cast and crew would watch scenes from the first three films to pick moments to reference or tribute, including the quote, Come with me if you want to live, and the I'll be back, which is uttered by John in this film. McGee found himself having to decide which ideas for references uh, would be included and which would not. An opening scene that has John fighting a Terminator on a crash helicopter, which was storyboarded boarded as an homage to the climax of the original film where his mother Sarah, having a broken leg, is chased by a crippled Terminator. McGee did this to reflect the skills John learned from her. With an estimated $200 million budget, Terminator Salvation was, uh, sorry, is the most uh, expensive Terminator film to be made to date, followed closely by 2019's Terminator Dark Fate with an estimated 100 and 185 to $196 million. The shooting of the film started in May of 2008 in New Mexico with parts of, of filming taking place at the Kirtland Air Force Base at the US, after the U.S. Air Force agreed to provide the crew guidance and aircraft. The filmmakers had originally had originally intended to begin filming in March, uh, in March of that year in either Budapest or Australia, but a 25% tax rebate and the absence of an interest rate cap and floor made the filmmaker... Uh, the filmmakers seek the cheaper New Mexico because of the, uh, their elevated budget. To avoid delays caused by a possible 2008 Screen Actors Guild strike in July, all exterior scenes were completed by then, so production could re uh, restart easily. The shoot ended in July of 2008, though some pickups were, uh, did take place in January of 2009. In addition to Bale breaking his hand and Sam Worthington to uh, hurting his back, special effects technician Mike Mirandez almost lost his leg filming an explosion. The sequence required a manhole covered uh, a manhole cover being blown into the air, which hit Menardas um, and partially severed his leg. McGee noted that it was a testament to the gritty style of the film, saying, quote, I say with respect... I didn't want that Star Wars experience of everything is a blue screen, tennis balls, and I go for it. I had Stan Winston build all the machines. We built all the sets, the explosive power, the explosive power. So you feel that wind and percussion and the heat blowing off your eyebrows. And that you get a couple of bumps and bruises along the way. But you get it to, within, sorry, but you get it in an integrity and realism that hopefully echoes Apocalypse Now. You couldn't just say, let's just shoot Apocalypse Now in Burbank. I think it's going to feel just as good. End quote. The film used... Um, <clears throat> sorry. The film used Technicolor's Oz process during post-production. This is a partial silver rentition on the interpositive, similar to the bleach bypass, which will be used to lend to the sense of detachment from the modern world McGee was looking for. Industrial light and magic... Develop shader, uh, shader programs to make the desaturated lighting of the CGI realistic, as well as the in, well, as well, sorry, realistic and well integrated to the onset footage. Filmmakers consulted with many scientists about the effects of an abandoned world, and instructed his cast to read the latter, as well as quote the book. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Like Children of Mine, McGee would storyboard the scene so that it would be edited together to resemble seamless, continuous shot. 
It took two weeks to film a two-minute shot of Carter, of John Connor getting caught up in a bombing on the Skynet base where he discovers plans for the T-800, which um, sounds very annoying. And now that I hear about it, I could obviously see why he had a meltdown on the set. I'd be fucking annoyed too. Anyways, um, where was I? Ooh, right, right. So... The film was released in North America on May 21st, 2009, with Warner Bros. setting the American premiere on May 14th at the Grumman's uh, Chinese Theater in Hollywood. With its PG-13 rating by the Motion Picture Association of America for, quote, intense sequences of sci-fi, and vi- uh, sci-fi violence and language, unlike the first three films, which are rated R, the decision to release a PG-13 Terminator film was met with much criticism with fans, obviously, as well as the media. The rating decision was made after McGee cut out a shot of Marcus stabbing a thug with a screwdriver as the director felt disallowing the young audience uh, due to that one shot was unfair. He also deleted a top to, a topless scene that included Moon Gold, uh, Gold blah, I messed that up. He also included a topless scene for Moon Bloodgood because, quote, it was a soft moment between a man and a woman that was designed to echo the Kelly McIllis Harrison Ford moment in Witness. But in the end, it felt more like a gratuitous moment of a girl taking her top off in an action picture. And I didn't want that to convolute the story or the characters, end quote. In September of 2020, McGee mentioned that he had a darker cut of the film that might have worked. The producers had expected the rating... Uh, because of the modern leniency towards violence in PG-13 films such as the 2007 action film Live Free or Die Hard. Well, I'm a die hard. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 33% based on 282 reviews with an average rating of 5.10 out of 10. The website's critic consensus reads, quote, with storytelling as robotic as the film's iconic villains, Terminator Salvation offers plenty of great effects but lacks the heart of the original films. End quote. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average score of 49 out of 100 based on 46 reviews indicating mixed or average reviews. Audiences surveyed by CinemaScore gave the film... This piece of shit might just cut out on me, but I am so frustrated. I just want to finish this episode and fucking just... Oh my goodness. I don't even care, bro. Whatever. Anyways, yeah, so... During the filming of this, yeah, Bale had a fucking meltdown, and there was a bunch of lawsuits, all of which nothing came of it. And then over the course of the next fucking decade, there was just there was just people just trying to sell the rights off to other people, and then the people that did end up getting them, they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna start from scratch and whatnot. That scratch ended up being Terminator Genesis, which is a reboot of the franchise that was complete fucking dog shit, and it was a mild box office success overseas. Mild. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. And in terms of a Terminator Salvation story, that's pretty much it, folks. That's pretty much it. I am too frustrated to even continue with this episode. So, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, that further conclu- that concludes our episode. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Please follow us on whatever platform you may be listening to us on. Follow us on t- on Instagram at timeout underscore with underscore Tony Podcast. New episodes every Wednesdays and Saturdays. Thank you guys all so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys later this week. Thank you, and don't you drive. Okay, show's over. Please get out. Thank you.